Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for a special review episode. We are bringing you a spoiler-free review of a TV show and an entire season of a TV show. The third season of American Crime Story Impeachment finished a matter of days ago. And something we don't often do. We don't really do reviews of TV shows. So I felt the need to talk about this though because I'm that intrigued about this show that I wanted to talk about it. My name is Ben, and I did not have sexual relations with that Colin, Mr. Hilding. I think that maybe works. I don't, I didn't just, and I'm not lying like somebody in this show. Anyway, uh, just me today. Hi. Uh, so I'm a massive, massive, massive Ryan Murphy fan. He is, to me, just the maybe the best producer out there right now, and, and any TV show that he creates, I will watch. So I remember back in 2016 when the People vs. O.J. Simpson came out, American Crime Story, and he was attached to it, that I was automatically on board with this, that I was going to watch this no matter what. Now, I realise that Ryan Murphy isn't exactly the creator of this show. He's uh, sort of an EP of this show, helped develop it. But it's kind of loosely connected a lot to sort of some of Ryan Murphy's stuff, obviously with his American Horror Story anthology series that he's done. This is kind of tied in there almost uh, very, very similarly. So uh, obviously not the the biggest, uh, the one sole creator of this, but very heavily involved in it. Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, obviously the guys who are the ones behind it, but you've also got standard Ryan Murphy people, Brad Simpson, Brad Falchek, Nia Jacobson involved as well. And obviously Brad Falchek is a, a name that you would be familiar with on this show through our Nip Tuck coverage. So lots of uh, people in this uh, involved in this show over the years. It's really got me hooked. And back when we did our top TV shows of the decade episode back in 2019, my number one show of the decade was American Crime Story. Now, at that point, we'd only had the two seasons, of course, uh, People vs. O.J. Simpson from 2016, and then we had the assassination of Gianni Versace back in 2018. And I was just, I lauded that show. I loved it. I loved both seasons. I, I even argued that the Gianni Versace season was even better than the O.J. Simpson one. I didn't get the press at the O.J. Simpson one. I mean, I'm sure everybody watched the OJ Simpson one back in 2016 because it was that much of a, a TV event, really. And then sort of the Gianni Versace one kind of got swept under the rug a little bit, but I, I would argue it was better. Um, so the third season was always in development. Now, initially they were going to do uh, the season on Hurricane Katrina, which was also, I think, maybe touted to be the second season, but they kept kind of pushing it back. And then initially they switched over to the Clinton Lewinsky scandal from the 90s, but then they actually said, no, we're not going to do that anymore. 
and then they said, oh, actually, no, we are going to do this now. So kind of it, it was on, it wasn't, then it was on again. It was meant to come out in 2020, but then COVID obviously hit. And also there were sort of rumours around that they didn't want this airing in an election year and that this might influence people sort of close to an election. So uh, lots of things around that. But then finally sort of uh, came out right uh, this year. Ten episodes, of course, if people aren't familiar with how American Crime Story works, although the second season was nine seasons. And this whole season, uh, if you're, again, very unfamiliar with how American Crime Story is, it's a, it's a episodic show, duh, it's a TV show, which basically recreates... Um, famous crimes really essentially and and kind of goes over it and they're based on uh books so are uh, the obviously everyone familiar with the oj simpson trial from the 90s the trial of the century of course um and uh, that was based on a book by jeffrey tubin uh the run of his life the people vs oj simpson and this uh the second season i should say uh about the assassination of fashion designer Gianni versace and i would argue that season's actually more about the, the killer of uh, Versace, a guy by the name of Andrew Cunanan, played beautifully by Darren Criss, one of the best acting performances I have ever seen, particularly if you watch Glee and saw what he came from Glee into turning into this uh, spree killer. Just incredible. So I reckon it really more examines, like, it's about the murder of Gianni Versace, of course, but I would argue that there's more about uh, the Andrew Cunanan. Anyway, uh, so that was based on a book by Maureen Orth uh, called Vulgar Favors, Andrew Cunanan, Jim Versace, and the largest failed manhunt in US history. And this season, of course, based on the very infamous uh, scandal of the 90s. Uh, I was very young in the 90s when this happened, but I remember it vividly how much attention it had. When I say very young, I was like 10, 11, 12 um, of course, the whole situation around uh, US President Bill Clinton and his affair with uh, with Monica Lewinsky and kind of uh, everything around that. Uh, again, another book, Jeffrey Tubin again. Uh, this time, the book, A Vast Conspiracy, The Real Story of the Sex Scandal That Nearly Brought Down a President. And I think I went into this more excited than the other two because I, I, I'm weirdly fascinated by US presidents. I just... It just, it fascinates me. I love kind of just the pomp and pantry that America has over there, their leader and kind of just everything on those lines. And I'm a big fan of watching biopics on, on presidents. And a couple of the, the ones that I've watched that I really enjoy, the, uh, I think, well, it wasn't necessarily a, one of the president. It was mainly on uh, Sarah Palin. I think it was a game change or something. I can't remember what it was called. The one that um, Julianne Moore played Sarah Palin. That was, that was fascinating. Um, and one that I also really liked too, uh, the special relationship uh, which kind of showed the relationship between Tony Blair and Bill Clinton around about the period this was happening. So it kind of focused on their relationship while, you know, Tony Blair was trying to do international relations while dealing with the fact that Bill Clinton was going through this um, sex scandal. And if I'm not mistaken, Dennis Quaid played Bill Clinton in that. And Dennis Quaid, we love Dennis Quaid. And he actually was a really good Bill Clinton. Um, so this one I was intrigued to see how it goes because, I mean... Anybody of the right age would remember this. this. This was just maybe the biggest story we've ever had around a president in the last, you know, since Watergate, really. And I, I don't even know if we've had a bigger one since. Like, yeah, we've, we've had a few stories, you know, Bush and 9-11 and weapons of mass destruction and the war with Iraq was a pretty big deal. Uh, obviously, Obamacare and things around that and obviously anything related to Donald Trump. But I think that this was mainly one that was just... And you get a real sense of it in this show, just how like almost 24-7 blanket coverage of just everything that was happening around this. And that's what makes it really, really interesting to me because I think, for example, with the O.J. Simpson one, 
I vaguely remember as a much younger child, I was about seven when that happened, I vaguely remember that being on the news, and I don't know if that was a bigger deal in Australia as it was in the US. I don't know anything about the Gianni Versace. I, I, again, 10 years old when that happened, but I I don't even remember that being on the news. I, like, if it was, I, I wouldn't have had a clue who Gianni Versace was as a 10-year-old, so that, that wasn't anything to me. Whereas this one, I remember it vividly, and I, I just remember everything, and it was quite a big deal in Australia. So I was always fascinated by this, and I kind of always went into this thinking this was mainly going to be about Monica Lewinsky. It wasn't necessarily going to feature too much of, of Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, things like that. But what what I really enjoyed about this this season is that this is maybe the most balanced you've got for plots because I feel that while People vs. OJ was obviously very much OJ's side and the the prosecuting team, the Versace side was very heavily swayed towards Andrew Cannon, as I said, with, you know, brief bits to do with the Versace family. This is like, I couldn't even pinpoint who the main sort of star is because you'd, you'd argue Monica Lewinsky, but the Linda Tripp stuff is very prominent. The, the Bill Clinton stuff, very prominent in this. And then you've got Paula Jones, which they focus on as well, who's obviously heavily involved in this in this situation. Um, and then kind of you've even got your side plots of sort of, you know, Ken Starr and kind of the Matt Drudge side of things as well, the Ann Coulter stuff. Like, it's it's all very interesting as well. And you kind of got the the FBI team as well that you've got going on there as well. So it's it's fascinating. And, like, the one thing that I really appreciate about this season is it's so engaging. Any season of American Crime Story, it's just it's addictive. It's just engaging. And I wasn't watching this week to week. I, I caught up till say the eighth episode I think it was and then I watched the final two basically weekly so but when I started watching this I just couldn't stop watching it like I I had to binge basically those first ep- eight episodes in in matter of days just because I was like holy fuck this is just so addicting and I legitimately was sad the other day when the final episode ended I'm like ah um but that's what's so engrossing about this show is that three seasons now they're so addicting even if you are familiar with what is happening and you know the outcome which I did in the OJ one, I did in this one, I didn't in the Versace one. Maybe that's why I liked that one more, I was more engaged, because I actually had no clue what happened with that. But the, it's just fascinating. It really is fascinating. And that's all, and it's, I, I think it's made all the more difficult on a show like this when you are so familiar. And I think this one's probably the hardest of all three of them, because we're all more familiar with these people, the real-life counterparts, than we would be in the other two. So, for example... Pretty much everyone knows who Bill Clinton is and what he sounds like, what he looks like. Hillary Clinton, probably even more so now. Uh, Monica Lewinsky, similar thing. Linda Tripp, probably a little bit less so for those of a certain age, but still very much so. Paula Jones, similar thing as well. So you have this level where you've got to really stick the landing when it comes to the casting of this show and the acting, and they do. They really do. I, I don't need to sit here for the next 10 hours and talk to you about my love of Sarah Paulson and just how good she is as an actor. And she nails Linda Tripp. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Linda Tripp and Paula Jones are the two that I was the least familiar with, but I still knew who they were and what they looked like. And if you watch an interview with Linda Tripp from the 90s and look at pictures of her and then watch Sarah Paulson in this show, it's like, it's like, it's it's just perfect. It's absolutely just canny. It is right there. So good. Sarah Paulson, 
just amazing. How this woman is not in more movies and winning Oscars, I don't know. This is like us over on Lost talking about Michael Emerson and, and Terry O'Quinn. Like it just it just baffles me that this that she, I know she's been in some movies, but like it just it just baffles me that she's not out there winning Academy Awards. Like come on, she's that good. Um, and Beanie Feldstein as Monica Lewinsky is is also incredible. I think I'm familiar with um, Beanie from Lady Bird. I think that's pretty much all I've seen her in. And don't mind that movie. That was a pretty decent movie. But she just kind of captivates Monica Lewinsky really well. Maybe I don't think she maybe looks as much as Monica Lewinsky as, say, Sarah Paulson does as Linda Tripp, but she she kind of... You get a real sense of being sympathetic with the character. And the, this is what's really good about the show is you kind of feel sympathy for every single one of these characters, but you also don't. Like, there are moments with Monica Lewinsky where you're like, well, should I really feel sympathy for you right now? Linda Tripp, easily the the biggest one in this movie to really find it hard to be a sympathetic, you know, have sympathy, sympathy feeling, sympathetic feelings, speak properly, Ben, uh, about her because, you know, she was kind of enemy number one through all of this. She was the one who betrayed her friend by recording, uh, you know, conversation with Monica Lewinsky and kind of revealing everything that was happening. But what he's done so well by the writing of the show, Sarah Paulson, is essentially adding this layer of explaining why... She, there's a scene in the final episode that I cried in just with her explaining almost why she did what she did. And I genuinely felt sympathy for this woman. I really, really did. And I would say I'll get to the, the Clintons in a minute, but like maybe up there is the one I feel the most sympathy for in this whole season is Linda, even more so than Monica Lewinsky. And without doubt, you're meant to feel the most sympathy for Monica Lewinsky, but there's definitely moments for Monica Lewinsky, the character in the show where you're just like, eh, do I really feel sympathy for you? You know? Um, so it, it kind of works on, on, on that level there. And particularly too, if you actually do, I watched an interview with Sarah Paulson about this and she kind of talked about how she never actually got to meet Linda Tripp because Linda Tripp died uh, in, was it March or April of 2020? And this obviously got delayed because of COVID. So they started filming this after the death of Linda Tripp. And Sarah Paulson was saying in the interview that she sadly didn't get a chance to sit, to meet her or talk to her. So therefore, she wasn't really able to, you know, through the reading the books and that, really get a sense of why she did what she did. So she kind of had to add her own interpretation to it. And Linda Tripp's real-life daughter apparently contacted Sarah Paulson after watching the premiere. And she's like, obviously, it's early. like, But based on the first episode, you, you've done a pretty good job and you've nailed it pretty well. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Linda Tripp's real-life daughter has come out and sort of... Uh, add anything to that the Clintons though I I I think I remember hearing that Clive Owen was being cast as Bill Clinton when they first announced his cast but I think I must have swept that under the rug because I watched the first episode and I'm like oh who's Bill Clinton he's pretty pretty good you know uh view of that he looks apart sounds apart looked up and was like freaking Clive Owen like holy crap balls like this sort of proper English gentleman being Bill Clinton and he nails it. He nails the accent. You believe every second of it. The prosthetics and everything they look, they add to him. I, I think Clive Owen looks more like Bill Clinton than Cuba Gooding Jr. did of O.J. Simpson in the first season. That's how much I think it works. And what, I mean, Bill Clinton, to me, is kind of like Linda Tripp in this situation where you don't really feel sympathy for the guy. You know, he lied. He cheated on his wife. And... It's, it's that level where it's like, well, am I meant to feel sympathy for this guy because he's kind of an asshole? But I think what Clive Owen does, and this is where 
and again, I, if I'm speaking out of turn here, this is just my viewpoint on a lot of the situation, how it went down. I'm not American. I, I'm not of an age where I have an opinion where I was alive at a, an older age to do this. But to me, a lot of it came down to Bill Clinton not facing the shit as if he would today because he was a likable guy. He was charismatic. Like, you just you kind of were engaged by him. And I think Clive Owen captivates that really well and you like him enough that even when he's doing shitty things he's got a couple of speeches that he has with hillary his wife obviously edie falco plays hillary and i'll get to her in a second that you genuinely feel sympathy for him and yet you're not meant to because you cheated on your wife you lied under oath you're protecting yourself um but there are so many moments where you legitimately actually feel sympathy for him and i was surprised that i felt sympathy for him in this uh show um, I'll get to Hillary last, but Paula Jones, Annalie Ashwood plays Paula Jones. Now, I, I, I loosely heard, I think kind of, I, I didn't realize the extent of what Paula Jones and everything, how it led to what happened. And, uh, Annalie's brilliant. I, again, I don't know a whole lot of the background. I read a lot about the background of Paula Jones and the situation while I was watching this to kind of get me a bit educated on the situation. And she's a spitting image of Paula Jones. She maybe looks the best out of all of these characters, uh, alongside Sarah Paulson as Linda Tripp, but you just... You feel sympathetic for her. Similar to Monica Lewinsky, you're meant to feel the most sympathetic for them, but there are definitely a few moments with the Paula Jones character where you don't feel sympathy for her, um, particularly in the last episode. So I think that it's interesting. And like I, I want to see more of this Annalie Ashford. I think she's a great actress and uh, she, she really holds the screen. Her husband, uh, the, the actor who plays her husband uh, in this as well, is really good, but he kind of, I guess... Um, I want to say disappears. Taron Kilman plays Steve Jones. That's the guy I'm thinking of there. Um, the other, I guess, the other main cast member I should mention um, is Margot Martindale, who plays uh, Lucian Goldberg, who is a literary agent who kind of helps uh, Linda Tripp along the way. So she's really good too. But she's sort of, I, I find it interesting here to see that she's a main star because um, I didn't realize that she was. Cli- there's, there's a few other people in this who I feel should have been uh, main stars over her, but. Edie Falco as Hillary Clinton. Now, I never watched The Sopranos, never watched Nurse Jackie, not really over, overly familiar with Edie Falco. I know she's got, obviously, a massive reputation as a an incredible actress, and she's incredible. She She's the one you feel the most sympathetic about, and I think that if they end up doing a Hillary Clinton movie or a, a miniseries about, say, 2016 or just her life in general, that sign Edie Falco up to play her. She's got that real look of Hillary Clinton. She's got the voice down. And the best things to me really like in this whole season was kind of these, these scenes between her and Clive Owen as Hillary and Bill, because I guess this is one of those things that people have wondered, how did Hillary Clinton stay with Bill Clinton? What went down? Like, how does the first lady and the president fight about something that is so common out there to, to non top ranking political figures? And it's engaging. It's I, I teared up so much between these two when they fought. And just there's there's um I can't remember if it's the second last or the third last episode. You've kind of got this whole situation where it's it's almost like they they go to like a a secluded mansion somewhere near a beach to kind of get away from the press and just kind of work out things. And you know Hillary's kicked Bill out into the the, the spare bedroom. And again, just similar things that you would think would happen in a, a regular person's life. If even if you know they're, they're not the president and the first lady. But it's just, it's so realistic and it's so well done and it's like it's, you know, I don't know if these were based on fact. I, I, don't, I can't imagine that that the the domestic life of the Clintons has ever been published in, and talked about in interviews by either Hillary or Bill. Like, this is what happened, this will happen. I watched one interview with Hillary Clinton where she kind of explained how Bill Clinton had told her and 
basically how she forced him to tell their daughter Chelsea before it got leaked on CNN and kind of that sort of stuff is represented in this show. But like, I don't imagine that this whole sort of domesticated scene of them dealing with marital troubles on a beach house mansion is how it went down. I think obviously there's got to be some creative input there to, to make it seem, but it's, it's done so well, so realistic and so great. And just as much as I love Sarah Paulson as Linda Tripp and, and it's a, it's a toss up between her and Edie Falco as Hillary Clinton is my favorite in this. Like just Edie Falco is incredible. And we've obviously missed the Emmys, um, but I mean, Golden Globes around the corner and Emmys next year. Like I, I, I was so glad that uh, obviously Darren Chris was, you know, rewarded as he should have been for season two. Um, but I, I can see lots of potential award nominees and potential wins. I mean, sort of everyone in the OJ Simpson one got nominated. Um, you know, Cuba Gooding Jr. was good. Uh, David Schwimmer was fine. John Travolta was fine. Like, did they deserve the amount of awards that they got nominated for and won? Eh, I think Darren Chris 100% owned every single second he was. He absolutely did. But this is where I'd find it difficult. I mean, Sarah, Sarah Paulson's better in this than she was in the first season, and she was great in the first season, of course. But, um, look, if I right now, looking at the main cast, I, I would... Outside, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from from Margot Martindale, uh, but like, I just, I don't, I did, I, again, it baffles me here that I'm seeing her as a main cast member. I think every single one of the um, the five out of the six main cast members deserves nominations and and wins. Sarah Paulson, incredible. Beanie Feldstein is incredible as Monica Lewinsky. She really is great. Um, Edie Falco, absolutely. Annalie Ashwood, absolutely. Clive Owen, amazing. So just the acting, and that's just what's so engaging about any of these seasons is the acting is so freaking engaging and just it gets you on board. Oh, even the supporting cast. I mean, Mira Savino plays Monica Lewinsky's mum, and you kind of almost question that because Mira Savino's looking bloody, bloody good for, you know, she's got to be at least in her 50s by now. But, um, you know, Academy Award winner, of course. She's looking absolutely fantastic. Billy Eichner as uh, Matt Drudge is fun. I mean... He's in a few Ryan Murphy things, and you know this almost makes me forgive him for being in The Lion King as uh, as Timon. So, yeah, just really, really good. Colin Hanks, I, I we all love Colin Hanks. Uh, Tom Hanks, of course, his dad. But like, I feel Colin Hanks doesn't get as much love. Colin Hanks is a great actor. I love Colin Hanks. My biggest surprise, baby, came from the fact that Colby Smulders plays Anne Coulter, and it took me a couple of goes to actually understand that. This is Colby Smulders because, like, I legitimately am watching this going, is that Robin from How I Met Your Mother? And the thing I find with a lot of the How I Met Your Mother cast is they're so very just typecast. Like, I've gone blank on the guy who plays Ted, but I've seen him in maybe two other things, and he's just Ted. He does not change. Um, you know, Jason Segal obviously is good. So is um, uh, Alison Hannigan. Uh, and, I mean, of course, Neil Patrick Harris. What am I talking about? But, like... I mean, Colby Smulders in the MCU doesn't really do much. Um, but, I mean, she's incredible in this. Like, I, I, I'm not really over-familiar with Van Coulter, but I, I looked her up and, like, she nails the the accent and the, the mannerism where she speaks and they put this blonde wig on her and just... It just works. Like, if you're going to have a random actress in this who gets a Best Supporting Actress or a guest star, like, give it to Colby Smulders. I loved her. She was so good in this show. Uh, and special shout-out to Joseph Mazzello, who is, I reckon, short-changed. I think he's only in two episodes, and I feel like somebody of Joseph Mazzello's standard should be in this more, um, but he's not in it as much as I'd like to see him in. Some other great guest stars. This is a stacked cast with some of the guest stars I get. Christopher McDonald, 
uh, is in this show, which I love. Kevin Pollack, I think, is in one or two episodes right at the very beginning as well. So I kind of just love seeing these uh, actors that you're sort of familiar with so many other different roles as well. Um, but uh, a great, great cast. Uh, really, really well cast this show. Um, and just it's just engaging. It's so goddamn engaging. I just can't say that enough. Um, and, like, in terms of saying this is a spoiler-free review, I mean, it's it's kind of one of these things where at the end of the day it's there's no point saying it's a spoiler free because if it's based on a real life story, you know, the outcome, but, um, it's, yeah, look, you know, what's going to happen. You know, what happens through all of it. It's just, it's just done so well. And yeah, I, I was engaged. I want to watch this again. I want to watch all three of them again because I just, I love this show so much. I mean, I, I ranked it as my number one show of the decade, but I actually ranked this as number 18 of my all time TV shows of in history of my favorite TV shows. I, uh, I ranked this just below the Simpsons. Um, and one might argue you could say that this could go higher just purely on the fact that, I mean, when was it, I mean, well, what, 33 seasons into the Simpsons? Simpsons hasn't been good for pretty much half of that, whereas American Crime Story is 100% from me, three perfect seasons. Um, it's a buy. The whole, like, I'm still going to buy Rent Bin, absolute buy, 100% buy, just brilliant. Um, and... I'm trying to work out if I was to rank these seasons, how would I rank them? Because I'm just, I'm just thinking like, would this, is this, like, it's tricky. Like this isn't better than season two. I, but even then that pains me to say that because I loved this season and it's almost like each of them are very much on their own two feet. But like, if, if you, if you twisted my arm and you force me to rank these, I, I would probably say that season two would be number one, season three, number two, and season one, number three, which is tricky because OJ Simpson season was still great. And it's it's obviously that's the one I've watched, you know, furthest away. But I feel I'm going to do a rewatch of these and then maybe do a ranking. And, and I this, this is a show that I would love to recap the entire series run. There's only 29 episodes, of course, because there's, uh, you know, 10 in the first season, nine in the second, and 10 in the third. So it would be a show that wouldn't take overly long to recap every episode with. I just don't know who would do it with me. I don't know if Colin's a fan or kind of if Nick or Noah, if anyone's really watched this, but if you're listening to this and you're a massive American crime story fan, maybe we need to start off a spinoff, you know, Ryan Murphy, Oz, I would gladly do that. Every single Ryan Murphy show ever. That would be fantastic. We've already done Nip Tuck. So we're kind of, uh, we've already ticked that off there, but um, yeah, just so engaging. So goddamn engaging. And the future of the series, uh, this isn't going to be the last one. So uh, Studio 54 is the subject of the next one. Now, uh, again, I mentioned that Hurricane Katrina has uh, often been touted as doing one, and I'm sure they might revisit that one point. But um, it looks like they'll be... Because pretty much all three of these have been based around 90s crime, so very much that 90s vibe to it. But uh, I, what I am reading here is that they're developed. It, they're developing it. It's uh, loosely called Studio Fifty Four. It's going to focus on the rise and fall of Steve Rebell and Ian Schrager, Schrager uh, in the Studio Fifty Four nightclub during the nineteen seventies. So uh, a bit of a nostalgia going back to the seventies there. So uh, very intrigued to go that. There's obviously a, usually a few year break in between these series. So of course. Uh, OJ was 2016, Versace was 2018, this is 2021. So I wouldn't expect us to get anything until at least 2023, 2024. So might give us plenty of time to uh, recap all of these before then. But uh, right now, if you have not seen the third season of American Crime Story, go and watch it. It is incredible television. I recommend freeing up a couple of days, free up a weekend, free up a whole day. Just binge the shit out of this and just get it done. It's just that good. The joke's... 
on me over on 007 download now that I don't know how to read. But I, I want to buy the book. I I want to buy the book. I want to read Jeffrey Tubin's uh, work. I want to read all three of these books because, um, yeah, they're engaging in television form. I can't imagine how good the books would be. So uh, there you go. Impeachment American Crime Story. It's a buy. Go and watch it. Incredible, incredible show to watch. We have got some great content coming your way here on the Oz Network. Of course, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we have recaps coming your way. We've got 24 episodes dropping on Monday, Breaking Bad episodes dropping on Tuesday, and Lost episodes dropping on Wednesday. We are getting around to our Matrix month. We're going to recap the three Matrix films and the Animatrix in the lead up to the fourth Matrix. If you are desperate to hear my thoughts on No Time to Die, you heard Colin and Noah talk about No Time to Die about a month or so ago in a spoiler-free review. If you go across to 007, seriously, it's a great show. Uh, We've just dropped two episodes on No Time to Die. We dropped a spoiler reaction episode. It goes for about two and a half hours, and it's obviously a spoiler episode, so I really recommend you only listen to that if you've seen No Time to Die, because... There's some pretty big spoilers which are discussed in that. And we also have dropped a reaction episode. We each recorded our initial reactions the minute we walked out of the cinema. So that's a fun episode as well that you can listen to over on Double Oz 7. Also want to give out a shout out right now to Off the Podium, one of our other sister shows, spin-off shows. We recently were nominated for a podcast award at the Australian Podcast Awards. Um, Great honour. We were nominated for the Creativity Award, and uh, at the time of recording this, we're a couple of weeks away from the ceremony, but uh, we are we are thrilled that we are up for an Australian Podcast Award over on the Off Podium. We, we share it with our entire family, basically there. Um, basically here, I should say, on uh, the Oz Network, because they're all spin-off shows. We're all basically run by the same people, so uh, it's kind of a, it's a big team effort there with everybody as well, so I wanted to point that out. And also, too, we just recently discovered that uh, we were listed by the New York Times as one of the top six Olympic podcasts to listen to uh, in the lead up to the Tokyo Olympics. So uh, just taking this moment for a for a just a moment to recognise that one of our shows got some uh, good recognitions out there as well. So if you listen to us and off the podium, uh, thank you, thank you for the support and getting us out there. And uh, you can follow all these shows, of course, online. And as you'll hear at the end of the Oz Network, you'll uh, be able to hear what to do with this show if you haven't already subscribed and. Sign up to our Patreon because we are eventually going to do proper things with that. And uh, if you have signed up to our Patreon, we're getting there. We, uh, we've had a few things happen this year, so we're, we're, we're doing our best. But uh, we appreciate the support. Watch American Crime Story in Patreon. I'm going to say it again. And until we next speak again, my name is Ben. And I did indeed have sexual relations with Colin Hilding. I lied. In fact, it was wrong. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>